0: Uh, hey everybody, it's the uh, Scoots here, and uh, we're talking about Season uh, 8, Episode 5 of Game of Thrones, The Bells, and I'm just uh, firing up the old Roose let as you say Roosbolt and Fantasy Fiction machine, uh, kind of, because we're, uh, what was it, I don't even remember what that machine did. This is more of an interesting thing, to get, get, we're, we're really solving a mystery this week. Uh, but f- before we get to it, there's a recap. Almost everything was from season seven, I believe, or season eight, excuse me, wrong season. Uh, except for some of the chatter uh, that Danny's hearing, I think, in the last scene and in, in like, uh, or, or the talking in her head, uh, which may have been from every season. I, I, didn't, I, I mean, sure, you can find a break, great breakdown of that. Or if that was from an episode, I'm not even sure. I don't know if that was like... That would be interesting. I'm sure people are talking about this. You could check out any of the Game of Thrones podcasts or a ton of writing about it, uh, which I have never done before this season, but now I've been consuming a lot of that stuff uh, uh, just because they say, well, it's the last season. i got to make the most of it, uh, make the toast of it, as Scoot says. Uh, But yeah, so I'd I'd look that up uh, to see... Cause I'll find out after, but I don't want to do, I don't consume anything before I record. But yeah, I don't know if that was uh, from an episode or, or that was like a previously on where the audio was from one place and the video was or the, uh, the film was from another place. And then we start with the opening credits, which I mean, I gotta be honest, I'm looking, I'm really interested what the credits next week are going to be like, uh, uh, but it's pretty much the same, except I noticed there's the pyres from uh, Winterfell. And I said, was that there last episode or not? And Winterfell is uh, still not in good shape. Again, I don't know if that was just from last episode two or not. Uh, and a lot of people I get a lot of fan reaction from as soon as this episode ended airing of uh oh boy scoots uh, it, it, but little did everybody know i was already on the case here and i think i can really settle a lot of things of people kind of saying what in the heck yeah uh, we covered a little bit i mean so we talked about season eight episode three kind of having a strong similarity to this 80s ski comedy and again, sometimes this is like direct influence. Sometimes it's indirect influence, and sometimes it's just collective, like the uh, shifting sands of the collective unconscious. I don't know if anyone ever said that, but uh, like I don't know if Weiss like I don't know if Game of Thrones is influenced by this or not. And I did it. You know, I do these. Well, anyway, I have connections, and not good connections, but I do have a lot of connections of people with interesting tastes. And I went to the screening. That people were saying this is gonna. Do you think this is gonna be? No, no, at the time, no one knew this. I didn't have anybody that had anything from Game of Thrones. But uh, they said I got this Italian, uh, like like uh, like a a team of uh, animation live action filmmakers, and they kind of like make these uh, in Italy. They're making these Miyazaki style. I don't know. Like uh, it this is an underground movie, and the reason I say that is because it's based on a lot of different IPs, uh, intellectual property, and that's why it's not like a like hasn't been released. Plus, it's pretty avant-garde. But they said the people that reached out to me said I feel like this is like a Game of Thrones episode. It's like like uh, they after I did that one about the '80s movie, and it didn't have subtitles, and it was in Japan I mean, it was in Italian. In in some Japanese, but like, uh, it, uh, no, so I, and I didn't have anybody like, uh, that was interpreting it or anything for me and it was only able to see the movie once, but I did bring my notebook. So like, it makes it a little bit easier that it ended up, uh, I saw this movie and then I saw the episode of Game of Thrones and it was very much, uh, like it was so similar. And I think that's like where you say, okay, was there like, uh, how did this movie happen when it's almost exactly like, again, just like the 80s movie, shot for shot, nearly shot for shot, like, uh, I mean, different than the episode uh, The Bells, uh, but not that different. Characters, uh, everything. And the plot of be- the, uh, the movie, uh, which again, I was trying to say. They said, "Well, you can't really put it in English," but it was basically it had a nicer title. Uh, but it was like "Flowers in the Attic." Two was what I kept calling it, and they say, "No, Scoots, it's not like uh, that's not exactly it." Uh, so there's this movie called "Flowers in the Attic," also a book. Uh, then there's a lot of stories where kids go through the wardrobe. Like I don't think this was like exactly like like a C.S. Lewis. Uh, But so this movie, I'm just trying to give you the backstory of the movie. It's profoundly influenced by the movie Flowers in the Attic, uh, but not a direct reboot or sequel, but it is uh, a sequel in some sense, because then it also mashes up with, uh, I don't know, fantastical elements that you might see in a Miyazaki movie and stuff uh, that you might see in a movie based on a C.S. Lewis book, but not exactly. We're just the characters, of the family, kids, like, uh, I don't know. You'll see as I kind of flush it out. You think there was one more, one or two. Oh, uh, what's that Disney one? Uh Fantasia. Uh, so a lot going on. So I'll run through the movie as I, like, took these notes. Uh It opened, oh, that was, a, I already said that. So, like, and again, I don't know the characters' names in the movies because, like, uh but it opens with Varys, uh, who in the movie kind of plays this uncle figure. And, oh, it's because this movie's about these gardens. But you'll see that he's writing about the true, true uh, heir to the garden. Uh, he's writing this note, a letter about the, gar- the gardens and the keeper of the gardens. Or And in the, in the, then a child comes in who's this little bird. And, again, my retelling of it may be inaccurate. So if you've seen the movie, you're in a rare company of uh, a handful of people. But... uh but So the child comes in, she says, like, the garden, this is what I was able to pick up, the garden queen isn't sleeping, and Varys says, like Varys or whatever you want to call him in this, uh, says it was all worth it. Like, Varys is a lover of growing things. Uh, he gives a serious look. Uh, it is all worth it, serious look. Uh, then we see Tyrion watching out a window and Tyrion you'll see we'll get into like Tyrion who Tyrion is in this movie not the Tyrion from Game of Thrones but I'm just using because it is just a st- eerie shot-for-shot remake uh he's watching Jon Snow pull up on this duck pond uh and he's he's got a serious look and now Jon Snow is one of the kids that went through the wardrobe into this world uh uh, and Ari and, is another kid, but the other kids, Brian and uh, Sansa, even though they're not in this episode, they were part of it. Like, because just in case there's another version of the movie that corresponds to next week. Uh, so Jon Snow and Varys, Varys is waiting for Jon Snow. So they start talking off oh, they off board. They they come across this. they were uh, on a, like, a rowboat in a duck pond. And they talk about that. Varys is basically like, you could be the king of the gardens, Jon Snow. And he kind of uses a little bit of a patriarchy kind of angle. And oh, what does it say? John Kids Through Almanac uh, Story. I don't know what that means. Oh, John is one of the kids who went through the Armor, but he could be the garden king, Varys says. Uh, patriarchy rules. Uh, he says you might be a right ruler, and he says uh, I know you know, you could be the garden king. And he also says what I tell you now is true. And Jon Snow wants nothing to do with leadership, uh, so we kind of realize that this is a very much like the episode. He, he says she's my queen, and he says bye. You know, like back boy, bye. And Tyrion's watching. He knows what's happening. You know, he was uh, he's a smart guy. And he goes into another room. He says, your grace, he walks in. And this is where we start to see the parallels between the movie Flowers and the Attic in this. And if you haven't seen the movie Flowers in the Attic, don't. Uh, because it's uh, it's uh, it's a movie about these uh, these twins, very much, again, like Jamie and Cersei, that are uh, a brother and sister. They're older, like 20 years old or something. Uh, they're also, I don't know if in the movie they're in love, but because they've been so influenced by Jamie and Cersei, and they're watching their siblings, which in this was Tyrion, and well, I don't know, was there another Lannister? I, I can't even remember anymore. Yeah, but So d- it doesn't matter in this case. And they're, they live in the, in the movie, the flowers in the attic. They live in a mansion, but they can only stay in the attic. Uh, and their mom's going through something, but she's kind of also... Like very much like Tar- Targaryens, their mother and their grandmother are very much like Targaryens, even though they're Lannisters. Oh boy, this really complicates trying to explain Flowers in the Attic in a sleep podcast inside an Italian like anime. You know, this is complicated stuff. It's good for sleep, I guess. But uh, the reason I bring up Flowers in the Attic here is because is even though Daenerys' character, which we'll call her Danny, in this. Uh, in the movie, she's the self-proclaimed queen of dragons. Uh, I mean, no, no, that's the Game of Thrones. She's the queen of, of uh, fl- uh, fl- flowers or gar- the garden queen. Uh, but they have this moment because uh, okay, so in the in the movie, the Italian movie that's Flowers in the Attic too. Like really, the Targaryen, uh, the getting carried away Targaryeness. Really, like in Flowers in the Attic, was not. Danny's family, but, uh, the Lannisters, which I know is tough to follow. Uh, but as soon as we see a look on her face, it harkens back, uh, uh, to the mom and the grandmother in the movie Flowers in the Attic, which you say, wait a second, they were, because again, this isn't about Game of Thrones, so, so, but again you're saying, uh, she's got that same look, uh, which is a look of like, uh, Like a a door without hinges, I guess you'd say, uh, is a way to put it, like, uh, indirectly. So just her look, if you've seen Flowers in the Attic, as soon as you see Danny, even in the Game of Thrones or in this movie, she's the Queen of Gardens in the movie, though, you say, that's like the grandmother in uh, Flowers in the Attic, even though... So it's, it's more like a filmic technique. And, you know, foreshadowing, no doubt about it. Uh, okay, so flashback to looking flowers in the attic. Uh, uh, they say the garden has been betrayed. And she says, John Snow? And he goes, no, Varys. Uh, and she goes, no, no, no. You told Sansa, or you heard this, he heard it from you, who heard it from Sansa, who heard it from John. Rumors. Uh, bother me every day, just need some time, you know, to get away. And she goes spreading secrets because of Sansa, you got played, uh, dude, uh, by Sansa who is not in this movie, but, uh, she's one of the kids from the wardrobe, which again, they're just influences different because they came to this world through a wardrobe and they claim to be on the side of growing things and flowers everywhere in balance, uh, uh the Stark kids who we'll call them in this, uh, and she, but the, now that she, she used to be the, the queen, she was the queen of the garden, right? But solely Daenerys is becoming a queen of flowers, uh, only, or maybe, I don't know, but she says, he says, my, my intentions were good. And he, he says, "We all want a garden of growth." Uh, and she said, that "One of them says it doesn't matter now." No. Uh, then there's another close-up. You see the p- parallels uh, with uh, again uh, flowers in the attic, uh, hingeless doors. Uh, also, like people would say, like uh, yeah, like uh, you just say, "Okay, this isn't like Danny's not in a grounded state." I think we could say that. And maybe, like, like she's, I don't know. So then we go back to Varys, uh, who in this movie is writing letters. Again, very saying, saying, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't have wrote that down. Maybe he was writing in his diary. Uh, takes off his rings, which I think in the movie, like, uh, was symbolic of him knowing uh, that he was going to be off. But then Grey Worm comes. He's one of the garden guards in the mo- in this movie. And they go down to this beach by the duck pond, and Danny, John, and Tyrion are there. John's hands are behind his back, I think, just standing. That's how you like to stand. And Tyrion says, It was me, man, to Varys, uh, I told on you. And Varys says, Well, I hope I was, I'm wrong. that." He uh, goes, Well, look at, I mean, he doesn't say this, but we know his audience. You see, look at that. Uh, don't you remember the movie Flowers in the Attic? Because Tyrion was one of the kids uh, that needed Flowers in the Attic anyway, or whatever the movie was. And I haven't seen the movie Flowers in the Attic ever in a clear-headed state. Either I was really young, or I was like, a, like, a, like, and I'd never seen the movie straight through because it's just, uh, I don't know. So I should probably stop referring to it too because uh, But so, let's see. Tyrion, he says it was me. This is is like how you get to this point. You say, okay, what's more sleepy? This episode of Game of Thrones or... You say, flowers. uh, Okay, so, hope I'm wrong. The children raised in worlds? What does that say? All children raised in worlds? I don't know what that means. Does that... My my handwriting is... uh, I hope I'm wrong. All children raised in worlds—I uh, mean, basically, everyone wants a child. Kids raised in a world with great growth and gardens. Uh, also, does, oh, maybe this I was saying that uh, these are all like kids that grew up, uh, like they came to this world as children. Even though they're adults, they're still acting like children. Uh, there's a nice arm touch in there. And then uh, Danny says, "Lord Varus, I Queen of uh, the gar- Garden, Queen, first of my name. Breaker chains, you know. Sentence you to be kissed by my giant goose. Uh, and she has this giant goose she rides, which is gross. Uh, don't get kissed by a goose. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty, uh, 'cause you see, I don't know where that beak's been. I don't like. Uh, it's also symbolically there, like a sign of like that you have to leave, like that people like." Uh, no, when you've been kissed by a goose, they actually call you a goose kisser and you have, you can't, you have to leave the area immediately. You can never return. And so he's kissed by, Varys is kissed by a goose and then it's like they ignore him. Yeah, Danny, Gray, oh, then Danny's like in, in a room, Gray Worm's there. Yeah, they're kind of talking about Sunday. Uh, who, like, before the movie, so that was her best friend, and her main, one of her main advisors that helped her kind of see the balance of uh, weeds and flowers and other growing things. Uh, uh, by one of the two twins. Uh, oh, yeah, so Missandei, uh the sister. Okay, so to get back to the Lannisters uh, in this case, uh, to make it easy to describe, uh, the Lannisters are Jamie and Cersei, who were the twins, and then Tyrion's one of the younger siblings. Uh, now Cersei is she grew this giant, so she lives in the still lives in the house where they lived uh, by herself, like with her advisors and stuff. And I think, it, like I don't know, this is just when the movie starts. Uh, and around her house, uh, this giant mansion is this giant garden. A lot of it is protected by what we would call weeds, uh, like thistles, prickers, uh, cactuses, uh, whatever, the other stuff, but like prickly stuff. Uh, also there's flowers in there too. Uh, but on the outside, it just looks like it's a bunch of pricker bushes and stuff. Uh, what was my point there? Oh, like she, uh, she uh goose kissed I mean she is a different thing other than a goose so it kissed uh Masande uh who made her like she had to leave the, the gardens forever and go be an adult. I think like that's the other thing. If you get kissed by a goose you have to go live a grown up life, even though you're a grown up, uh, cause the thing is it's a garden of plenty. So as long as it's in balance, uh uh, which it gets none of them realize. They say, Well, I'm an adult. I'm a kid in an adult's body. I don't know these scientific things. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to put words in the characters' mouths now. Uh, yeah, but they're talking about Masande, who's now, you know, in the adult world. She left the kids to the world, of the garden world, the garden realm. Uh, boy, one of those, you, boy, by one of those twins, by the sister. Jon Snow comes in. This is like 1630 in the um, HBO app. There's a great, amazing long pause. And uh, then Danny says, didn't I tell you your sister's blabbermouth? Uh, and she goes, "Again, no love around me. Only people worried about getting kissed by a goose. Uh, and he says, I love you. You're my queen. Uh queen of my garden, in the garden in my heart, and she says, Only a queen? And he goes, Well also technically you're my aunt, uh which again is convoluted because he, they came through the armoire uh which makes me think of everybody in this whole episode, some I mean the whole series is somehow related because she's like uh anyway, but she there's this great whisper, she says, Alright then after uh he won't kiss his aunt Uh, they put iron whisper her whisper is like uh, like uh iron level uh and she says let it be goose kisses Then, there are people worried about being kissed by the goose uh then we're in the throne former throne room uh the queen of the gardens or garden queen or whatever uh trying to talk to her he says okay again i want to review this uh Even in other worlds, there's IPM, integrated management of uh, things that aren't good for growing things. And he goes, we just happen to have the pleasure of being in that situation already. He goes, the weeds are, are, you know, they're a place where things live that deal with the things that would mess up the flowers and the fruiting and the vegetable, vegetabling. And he goes, you know, whose fault is it to to be weeds? But meanwhile, you know, Danny's just not there, like, not 100% present anymore in her understanding of the balance of gardens and growth. Uh, And she says, mercy is our strength. Uh, She goes, for the future of gardens, Uh, you know, people shouldn't have to go through gardens and get pricked. This is pretty simple. Uh, Or worry, you know, worry about ivies or anything. Uh, uh, So. Oh, I put a long story here. For the future of gardens, I put a long story. So Cersei, I think I already explained this. Yeah, uh, here's my explanation. Sister Cersei in the mo- this movie has her own garden around the mansion, bricker bushes and more. So Cersei's basically like, we're going to mow, we're going to weed every weed in the garden, starting with the garden around this mansion. And this Cersei, because she's calling herself the Queen of the Gardens, too. And, you know, she's just this Queen of Weeds, you know, more like Queen of Weeds. Uh, and a couple other things. People are, like, adult children are, you know, children, adult children, will just say, are living in all of this. Uh, and they actually have, like, so, like, here's the thing. I used, I've used, i done a lot. When I was a kid, we used to spend a lot of time in pricker bushes. And so you might say this is ridiculous. And we never did this exactly because we spent a lot of time there. But you learn where you could crawl through the bricker bushes without getting scraped. Uh, You just naturally learn that. Uh, Because we had an entire yard next to our house. uh, uh, That was the backyard of our neighbors that was never trimmed to anything. And it was 98% bricker bushes. And we still found a way to get through there and play in there and even like places like where you could live. I mean, we didn't, but we said, oh, when we move away from home, we're going to live in here. Uh, but if if you weren't there, what you do is you'd attach bells uh, to the places where you could crawl through and uh, shake them. That's what they do in this movie, which I said is brilliant. Oh, if you hear a bell ring, head towards it. You'll know that's a safe spot to crawl through. Or maybe even walk through, and Tyrion says, well, "How about this? If we decide uh, we're not going to weed the gardens, uh, the bells are a sound of safety. Uh, so we'll ring. We'll just ring all the bells, and everybody'll know. Okay, gardens and the weeds are back in balance. And Cersei will probably give up because uh, she knows she has to. It's common sense. Uh, so that's where the bells kind of came from in this one." And also there's like flower, be- like, again, this is where it starts to get a little fantastical. There are flowers, uh, in pricker bushes and, uh, you realize that they're like fantasia. So they, they're not, it's a little bit, so it's more acceptable. They're still vegetative, but they walk around and stuff. Uh, cause you see, they don't have eyes or, uh, mouths. So we identify with them a little bit less, uh than something that's fully anthropomorphized. Uh also your oh, and then Sir, or K- says, uh Danny says, uh, also your brother was br- busted. He was trying to sneak back to your sister's house. Uh and she says, next time you fail me, it'll be the last time you fail me. I say, holy mackerel. Queen's comic. Queen Circe is getting all the kids behind the pricker bushes. Uh so we see her there. Oh, a lot of kids are berry picking. Uh Onion Knight waits. We see the Onion Knight. That's uh what's his name? Uh Snacer Jorah. Come on, Scoots. Uh but one of my favorite characters who's name? you know, my brain doesn't always work right. But uh so he's waiting uh for John and Tyrion and uh he says, in, the, in daybreak, uh, we're going to swoop in there and uh, start pulling weeds. Uh, nobody's going to like it. I don't know what that says. John and Tyrion. Oh, an Onion. Uh, uh, then we see the Hound and Aria and they're on a mission. They say, we're going to go in. We're just going to ask her to leave the house, and then the whole thing will be solved uh, uh, with Cersei. Uh, then Jamie goes to the, t- J- or Tyrion goes to see this Jamie character in the movie, exactly like the show, uh, in a tent, 2330, uh, before he goes into the tent, there's a brief, uh, comic interlude, uh, which, uh, with uh, just translations, so you could see that 2330 or something, uh, and then there's even, then there's, you know, it was a brief comedy between Jamie and, uh, he says, how'd you, how'd they find you? He goes, my golden hand, dude, cause I'm not the brightest. Uh, he goes, I'm the looker, you know? And he goes, Oh yeah, I forgot. He goes, yeah, you're just, you, he goes, I didn't realize you you weren't the, you're the brains. I'm the looks. Now they don't know about Arya and the Hound going to convince Cersei. So he says, go convince Cersei. You know, because we want, we need butterflies, we need weeds, we need birds, uh, we need grubs, uh, we need everything. It, and he goes, "Do do you even know about soil erosion?" And he goes, "I'm the looks, man, not the brains." He goes, uh, "He goes, no one." He goes, "Between Cersei and Danny, no one even believes that." Uh, you know, he goes, "This is so." He goes, "This is soil erosion issue too." Water retention, he goes, do you know anything about rootstock? He goes, i the looks. uh he goes, sorry, I'm just going off on a tirade that Scoot's planted in my, head. this was what the, so there's a little bit of a gardening message. He goes, kids, also kids eat berries. Everybody eats the berries. Uh, Jamie says, I give up. Uh, and then Tyrion kind of comes up with a different, he goes, go run away together. Uh, he goes, go get your sister and your, you know, true love, uh, Start a new life. Go. He goes. I'll tell you where the armoire is. You could go back out through the armoire. There's a mansion on that side too. And he says you could start a new life there. Do it. Uh, he goes. But before you do, ring all the bells. Uh, so again, this was one point in the movie, and actually, a show I didn't quite get. I was like, uh, but if you're ringing the bells, like when it's not 100% guaranteed because he thought they were supposed to ring the bells uh, when they say, hey, we give up. Uh, Cersei's gone. But he says, ring the bells no matter what kind of. I, I, that's how I took it. And he says, you're going to get in a lot of trouble with the Queen of Gardens for this one. He goes, it'll be a fair trade. Uh, also, the numbers constantly change. So it goes from millions to thousands or something, but whatever. He says, uh, I owe you for, uh, he goes, dude, like we already been through a lot in that first movie. Uh, so." You did you help me? You helped me deal with mom and grandma. You got me through it, and it's really a loving moment. He says, "I love you." He says, "I love you too." Uh, so, that's it. Then um, we see the duck pond. Uh, outside of Circe's uh, house, has this giant duck pond covering a lot of like fifty percent of the backside of the house. And, and in it are these Canadian geese, which always bug people that come to, like, uh, they, like so th- they're protective because they say no one's going to come bug this side of the geese pond. With the geese there, no one's going to bug, it, like, bother because the geese will bu- bug them. Uh, then we see a bunch of ki- kids or adult kids getting ready to defend the, the pericker bushes with berries and stuff like that then we see the moving pricker bushes and stuff getting ready to defend things. Uh, Then we see this cool, uh, Ari and Hound moment where they're rolling into the, they're already into the cat, like, uh, these weed gardens, I guess we could call them for shorthand, even though there's flowers and birds and everything in them. Like, oh, then Jamie comes in, he kind of ungloves his gold hand and tries to get it. Then we see the golden company who are, uh, Again, protect. They say we're here to protect the weeds, man. We can't, like, if they're just working there. So they actually believe in the cause of garden balance. They just believe in the, the they say we're supposed to be here protecting this garden. And people are like, it's not a garden. It's just weed, overgrown weeds. Uh, and they say, you don't know what's on, inside. Tons of birds and, you know, forest friends. Uh, uh, so there's a showdown or a stare down. With the people that work for the Garden Queen, who are like the snow kids and the other kids that have gone through the wardrobe, uh, then the garden guards, and then other ki- people like uh, from other realms that uh, the Garden Queen has uh, liberated. Uh, now, she liberated them from pe- being forced to work, uh, keeping gardens in ban- like where she said that she- they were getting wor- working and not getting paid. Yeah, but that part gets kind of forgotten about. So we see all the other kids. Uh, everybody's getting ready. If you open her to the bells, call it off. Uh, oh, Tyrion again says to Jon, like, if you hear the bells, call it all off. Don't weed this whole garden, man. Can't do it because Jon's just still following. He says, I'm following orders of the queen, man. I think maybe it is a good idea. To at least weed away most of the um, stuff guarding the greater garden that Cersei's hiding behind. Uh, Tyrion and Onion Eye share a look, and then we see Cersei. She looks out from the house, like the big windows of the house over her whole garden, the garden part with the flowers and the like. Trim, you know, the, the um, landscaped garden and the weeds uh, protecting the landscaped garden. Close up a house, it's, it's, it's something, two birds, what does that mean? Jamie tries uh, to get in, oh, we see two nice birds. They kind of become a thematic thing. And one of the birds has a toy uh, in one of its things, uh, and uh, they just kind of, influ- like, uh, I don't know, they're kind of there to just tell, like, an extra story of, like, a, the plight of two birds caught in the middle of this garden where everybody, every kid is acting like a kid. And instead of saying, let's just protect the balance of this whole thing, we hear a little tease of Reigns of Castamere because everybody tries to get in the house uh, once they know or once they suspect uh, this garden's about to get weeded. We, like some of us are weeds, but some of us, like, are. Like a, like Bernie the butterfly might say, "Hey, I'm a caterpillar on the um, leaf of a weed." Yeah, uh, what about me? You know. Then I say, "I hear you." That's like that's this is where this like really paid off, uh, especially in Mizaki styling. Yeah, uh, let's see: Rains, Casimir, Cersei, Tyrion. Oh, so uh, well, series of sh- like, there's a lot of shots of uh, facial reaction shots. And really strong acting, silent acting. I mean, in the animation, I guess it was not acting in what I was watching, but comparing it to the Game of Thrones episode. There's wind. We see the geese pond or the duck pond again. The geese are waiting. Uh, Then the wind kind of picks up one of the head geese. uh, There's like, uh, there's even people in uh, swan boats down there, too. Uh, which I didn't notice originally. Yeah, uh, kind of geese keepers or whatever. And what does that say? Birchers. Uh, okay, so then, oh, so Euron. So Cersei's new boyfriend, Euron's down there in the geese boat. And he looks up. Now, Cersei, uh, she has that giant goose, right? Uh, and all of a sudden we see her goose coming down. And then we hear this sound. And it's the sound of a friggin' a uh, mower, like a lawnmower, uh which she had gone not just a spoiler, she had gone through the armoire, back to the modern world, got a lawnmower, then came back. Uh so obviously for a world that's never dealt with a lawnmower that's full of weeds and uh, flowers, uh the geese don't like that, so they fly away. Uh Euron jumps out of the swan boat and the swan boat gets a lawn mowed. Uh, Neuron is in a duck geese spot, which is just, like, uh, gross anyway. Uh, so the geese are gone. They fly away. Birchers. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, then we have a standoff, uh, between the garden guards, yeah, uh, the, the, the people from the armoire team, everybody, they're waiting against a golden company who, again, like I said, the one dude, he's like, uh. Was a wit like what the kid, like original investors or something. I don't know. So they're waiting, everybody looks up tight, they're exchanging looks, and then they start hearing sounds and they say, What is that sound? Uh, Especially again, in a world that's never heard a lawnmower, a lawnmower sound is uh, distinctively out of place. And especially like when you listen to it, you know, it makes the sound as it's going, you say, What is it doing, even? A Grey Worm Steps Forward, Uh, Nobody Likes It, Uh, Runaby, It's a Howard Rundown. Oh, the horses don't like the sound even. Of course they don't. Who would like the sound? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, a human in our world, at a distance, the lawn mowing sound to me, it's the right time of day. He's relaxing, you know, not, you know, not all the time or not too close Or when I'm recording a podcast. Well, I don't have any lawn near me, Uh, so usually there's not much lawn going. Anyway, uh, so horses don't like it. Uh, I don't know what be means. Oh, uh, mowing begins to commence. Uh, It's on. So, oh, running. They say, okay, let's. Let's. i think this is when it starts it says it's time to weed the gardens uh yeah so they start running towards the castle as the cersei like just mows straight through a pricker bush like in it like it opens the door right into the the greater garden oh yeah the dude from harvard tries to run uh he was the leader of the golden company he says what the heck uh i don't even believe in this cause uh and Greyworm says, uh, Greyworm se- sends him a goose's kiss. Cutter of the week, Carter of the week. Uh, of the week uh, I don't know, it's time to weed the garden. So, first, just, oh, okay, so, but they're very specific at first. They're, they're going after prickers, uh, thistles, and nettles, I forgot about them, cacti, which is, what, oh, cacti? If You're going to even weed the cacti? I don't know. They're not even technically weeds, but they're weeding those things. And you say, okay, well, some of the flowers might get accidentally stepped on and the birds will get away. Like, you see, this isn't great, but okay, well, they're just going to, maybe this isn't, maybe there was more buildup. Like, maybe they're just going to weed away the prickers and the prickly things and any, you know, itchy stuff and... Then Cersei will leave the house, and every then they'll say, okay, now we'll restore the balance. Uh, I really am the keeper of the gardens, uh, the garden queen. I'm nothing like Cersei and Jaime and Tyrion's uh, grandmother and mother in the movie, the first movie that's so almost nearly unrelated to this. But, uh, uh, then we see Cersei sees everything, but she does not see. Like, she might see it with her eyes, but... Uh, her dissonance she's on full dissonance uh she hears but she does not hear i mean so she was looking at an empty garden or like a like a, a mow of swan boats and no geese and then uh watching a mower just mow through watching her garden get weeded i mean especially pricker bushes i mean this is like a serious mower you know Here's what does not here. Tyrion walks into the city like, holy cow, this is also Tyrion, from a lot of people's perspective, see, this is just a sloppy job, too. You know, because if, you, if you're going to do it right, you wouldn't just mow a pricker bush, right? You'd, you'd trim it down and then dig it out. Uh, not just be mowing over it. It makes a big mess. Uh. So Tyrion walks through and it's just a mess. You see, well, these are just prickers mowed everywhere and trampling. Nothing's been done. He goes, you're supposed to do this with time, you know, to bail you. He says, oh, boy, this is really rushed, botched job. Uh, towards it, he walks into the city or towards it, I was wondering. Then we see Clegane and uh, uh, the housekeeper of the mansion, whose name is Clyburn. Yeah, And he says, your grace to Cersei." Again, I'm watching this in Italian, so it's a good thing to have all these Game of Thrones names to throw around. Uh, he says, "I think," uh, and she she goes, "Don't worry, we got surrounded by pricker bushes." He goes, "There's no pricker bushes left." Uh, she goes, "I got those geese that hiss and bug people, and they even poop on people." And she goes, "He goes, there's no geese left," uh, and she goes, "There's nothing to worry about." Uh, and he goes, "Yes, your grace." Uh, then who will walk? I rate hands on Wednesday hands of Wednesday heart of weeds, a uh, cool walk into the heart of the weeds, okay, okay, so we have like John onion Knight, and everybody, and they're doing some cool walking into the like heart of like the last weeds uh so they've been weeding a lot uh, and there's this last group of kid adults that are do like defending the weeds with throwing berries and stuff like that uh. And swinging nettles and stuff like that, but they stop because they say, "Well, if you're going to, we- it looks like you're about to weed." out. It's a little bit of like a tense standoff, and then Tyrion's waiting for the bells to ring. Uh, Jamie's running. We don't really know where he's going. Yeah, uh, let's see. On walks. Or no, he's not running. I said, "Dude, he's walking." Uh, I put, "WTF?" Cersei's uh, waiting up in the mansion. Waits on uh, something I can't read of France and press, and then uh, the giant goose lands like with the mower still running, but not open like so. Just the engine's running, but it's not in gear, uh, facing everybody. But just hearing this giant goose, which can squawk uh, with the mower, so all the kids they say, forget it. We're not gonna go ahead. Take the garden. Get Cersei out of here. We're done. Uh, they say let's we'll just get out of this garden here and you can finish weeding it, I guess, or we'll weed it, whatever. Uh and then there's reaction shots, uh like a, a store stay shot, like a long shot of the sky shadow, oh, sky shot of the garden and then Cersei, then Jamie, then Tyrion. Come on Tyrion's like, come on, ring the bells, man. Uh, then we cut to start getting close-ups of Daenerys, uh, the queen of the gardens, and we see, again, uh, if you, I guess it's only, I think they probably did something, if you, I guess, it would, it but if you've seen the first flowers in the attic, you say, holy cow, that's, that she is like, uh, become one with the grandmother and the mother from that movie. The grandmother, I think, is the one. Uh, then we see Tyrion. Uh, hand, what does that say? Hound or hands? Uh Fox? Oh like I think that's more of the goose. Uh Daenerys. then uh, we see a close-up of her face again. Uh and then we see like real close-ups of Cersei and Danny's faces. Uh, Cersei's mouth is open uh one way, Tyrion's mouth is open another way, and uh Danny's is open another another way, just good good acting good animating in the movie i saw yeah so we go cersei danny cersei the bells Tyrion, the bells ring and then we see john do oh, whew, i can breathe here i'm watching it live right now but i don't know oh yeah then uh it's too late like uh he says john says i can breathe cersei closes her eyes i guess this is it uh I lost my attempts to be the queen of this garden. Uh, then we see De- De- Tyrion. Then we just notice that the bells are getting on Daenerys' ner- nerves. where uh, you could just see by her a- the animating. She says, these bells are making my ears, bugging my ears, uh, stop the bells. And then she says, well, I'll just cover up the bells with the sound of the mower. And then she says, you know, I'll just mow all the, uh, it, cause she doesn't know where the the bells are in the, like, uh, in the garden. Uh, so she says, I'm just going to start mowing, uh, all the prick, like anything. She just starts mowing like, uh, just she' just got bell overload. Right. And everybody realizes, uh, it's like, you're not even mowing in straight lines or, uh, like, you see, especially with your mowing with a flying swan, it's just not a good idea. So Tyrion, we get a Tyrion, oh no look, then John oh no look, uh, then a Grey Worm look that just says, uh, I loathe weeds, uh, and anyone that would support weeds, like, that, that, that Grey Worm is with Daenerys at this point of like, let's just rid the world of all weeds, uh, even at growing things, uh, that could be a weed. You know, you've seen this progression in regular humanity or in movies, you see no that could be a weed too. You know, once that starts, uh so then they say, Cut it all down, man, or everything. It's all weeds or it could be hiding weeds, uh and Jen says, No, 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 you can't do that. Uh and then we go through grey worm, uh, uh like in slow-mo, just cutting uh, mostly weeds down, but some plants, uh at yeah, this point, flo- the flowers are still, like, mostly safe, but then some flowers start getting cut down. Uh, then we see Danny mowing away. Then we see the city getting mowed. I mean, or whatever, the giant garden. Uh, uh, then we see Cersei looking out, and then a long shot. Yeah, then we see t- t- Tyrion. Then we see the Ununite t- telling, like, the kids that used to help with the garden, say, hey, let's get out of here, because... Uh, you know, you, like, when a bricker gets mowed, you could still get, you know, he goes, let's go. So he's helping. We see more mowing. We see Jen, uh, snow. There's, like, a shot of him from behind. It's, it's a little slow. He's slow walking. He's totally stunned. uh, like, he's going to be, be a double, be a double RF. And it's, like, uh, he's still kind of doing a little hero. He, they give him a little hero moment. Um, uh, then we see Danny, then a long mowing shot. Uh, is seriously, watching, she says to herself, maintain composure. Like you could feel her saying that to herself. Maintain proper posture and composure, even as your entire garden. Uh, I mean, for her, because she says, when I was a kid, I used to dream about getting out of this mansion and uh, having this garden be mine, protected. Uh, then we see. Uh, Jamie, oh, this is another WTF. All of a sudden, Jamie's on the the beach outside the Goose Pond, which, that one I just said, and then I I think he rang the bells, but I'm not sure. And believe me, I mean, it's still, this, that part had already passed, but uh, somehow I'm behind the episode. Oh, no, here's, no, no, okay. Well, the part where the bells got rang, I'm like, exactly With the episode right now, Jon Snow's slow walking. I guess I'm three minutes longer than the episode, though, somehow. Uh, so then, uh, you're on. Oh, so you're on. So Jamie comes out of the duck pond, and you're on there. So Cersei's old new boyfriend. Uh, and uh, Jamie says, Great man, like we both love Cersei, let's go get her out of there. Uh, and he, he doesn't tell him about going through the armoire, but he was about to. And he goes, no, 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 man, I'm her boyfriend, period. He goes, I'm, I, he goes I have a goose to kiss you. And then she'll never, you know, then it's over. Uh, then all brings goose house. Uh, uh, so then Jamie says, what about a thumb war for, for who gets kissed by a goose? Uh, you, you, something... Oh, Cersei's. Uh, she's still looking on, and uh, Cilvaren says it's time to go. And she goes, "It's fine." And uh, then we see a tear on her eye. She goes, "No, no, no!" And he goes, "Yeah, let's go to Greg, Gregor, Greg, Greg. The Greg he goes. There's another place we could go. He, he doesn't know about the Armoire. He knows about another place uh, that's totally safe. He says. Uh, and then we even see outside. Uh, that, 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 like, not only is Cersei using oil, now she's using propane, like, she has this propane hookup, uh, and her mower or something. Kind of like that's the wildfire in the um, Game of Thrones episode. And On this one it was a little bit different. Uh, that was built into the mower, a shot of city. Then we see Jamie and Euron, and they go back and forth, they're playing Thumb War. But meanwhile, Uren has, like, a, a goose, like, under his shirt. So his goose reaches up and kisses Jamie. But Jamie turns his face, so she actually gets kissed on the shoulder. And so technically, Jamie says that doesn't count as a, I wasn't kissed on the face by a goose. Uh, so they keep doing a thumb war. And meanwhile, you know, the, the goose is still trying to kiss Jamie. So Jamie again gets kissed on the shoulder again. But Jamie makes this move where he wins the thumb war, and then the goose kicks kisses Euron in the face. Uh, so Jamie says, "You lost the thumb war, and you got kissed on the face by a goose, dude." And your and Euron goes, "Well, I had you kissed twice by a goose. No one, you know, you, you're gonna Cersei's gonna smell the goose on you, dude." And he goes, "Well, I gotta go, you know, save my sister and my true love uh, bye yeah go home too many w- okay where is this okay no i'm ahead of myself here another king for you off to my sister he's <laughs> i mean yeah the, I, I, I don't he says uh i'm the man who had a go- goose uh, kiss jamie lannister's both his shoulders uh or something like that uh i'm the man whose goose kissed jamie lannister that's what he says again i think because i don't speak italian uh uh, so then we see, again, maybe more of uh, the mowing. Then we have the hound and Arya. The hound goes, listen, Arya, do you hear that mowing? There's too many weeds. There's too much. Uh... He, goes, this whole... he goes, you know what's next? Uh, she's going to mow the house down. And Arya goes, it's not possible to mow a house down. He goes, it is. That's why in the animated version they made those attachments for the mower. And he goes. She's on a giant flying goose. Uh, go home and be with your family. Maybe go back through the armoire. I don't know. Uh, but don't stay here. Don't be like me. Because this isn't like the movie with King Louis. You don't want to be like you. You know. I don't want to. Be, you don't want to be like me. Uh, and she goes, huh? And she, then she goes. Maybe he's right. And she goes, Sandor, thank you. And then let's see. Stars mowing going on. Maybe more mowing, uh, slow motion or something. And then we see Cersei's trying to leave with... uh, Now, one of her main uh, peeps, other than the housekeeper, is the the old bellman, or the doorman. Who, again, there's also this mash-up with this uh, uh, Mary Shelley book. I'll just put it that way. And so, like uh, his brother is a bit like a character from one of those books, uh, even though he's like the the doorman. The how you know, and it's Hound's brother, Sandor's brother, Gregor, and he goes, "Your grace," which is great. Uh, then there's other people that try to like. Uh, meanwhile, the house is getting mowed at this point. Says uh, hello, big brother. So ginger Granger waits? Uh no thanks. Oh, they tell Sir Gregor uh they say hey we're in control of you but Sir Gregor even knows. He says the house is getting mowed, dude. Uh he doesn't speak at all, but and again it was in Italian anyway. But basically he says no thanks. Uh, Cersei says I'm leaving then. Uh and then we have the showdown, which everybody's calling the, before this happened, the game Bowl. After, I have no idea. Uh, maybe they called it the Stair Dance or something. I don't know. Because they're going to have one-on-one yeah uh, uh, thing. Uh, Foothold, I don't know what that says. Because uh, they, they bust out these nerfs, uh, n- like, n- like where they're trying to get nerf darts to stick on one another. Yeah, uh, Cersei and Jamie are reunited back in the map room. Uh, so back in the attic, uh, in, in this case, uh, in the show, in the map room, in the movie, in the attic, you say, holy cow, holy, deep meaning, uh, where it all happened, where brother and sister, uh, supported, you know, true love, uh, I mean, maybe, you know, don't get it, you know, as don't get it to tw- but it is uh, it's still true true love, uh, or seems like it. A house was made of weeds, because so, even the ivy, I think that's what triggered uh, uh, Danny, was that the house is covered in ivy. Because you say, why would someone mow a house? I say, good point. I forgot to mention the house is I- ivy-covered. Uh, so then the Colgate Bowl is going on, which is basically like a Nerf competition, Nerf dart competition. And then you have Arya; she's trying to leave to get out of there, but like, it's like hard to find your way, like when there's mowing going on, and like weeding with propane weeding, and just just kind of uh, like mud, you know, mud, everything. It's all getting everything mowed. Even now, at this point, even the flowers are getting mowed by. Like it's pure weed. Everything, you know. It's it's like at this point, don't even leave the grass, uh, because Danny considers like people just have you know whatever you call it. I've never heard of this happening because it's so tedious. Uh, Weeding. No one ever says you really got carried away weeding. I guess they do. They say that wasn't a weed, that was a flower. Not like, wow, I was having so much fun weeding, I just couldn't stop. Uh, so, this is, you know, this is why it's fiction. And especially this avant-garde stuff. Uh, a poached shot worth having? No, that's not what that says. Uh, let see, everything getting mowed. Poached shot with hound. Uh, with having. Hay fever. Oh, so then Arya starts sneezing. Uh, that was one thing I noticed. Uh, oh, uh, parallel shots with the hound and Arya. That's what that says. Uh, so basically Arya's sneezing. She can't see because her eyes are watering because there's so much stuff in the air. And the hound's getting pelted with nerf darts from his brother. Yeah, uh, But then Arya gets help. A woman reaches out She says, with her daughter. She says, here's a tissue. Here's some tissue. Uh... The Hound kind of reaches uh, to uh, the world of absurdity, uh, which I guess is kind of a way of kind of saying, huh, like, uh, like if commenting maybe it's a meta-commentary, I don't know, because he just starts laughing at the ridiculousness. Uh, because everything's sticking to him, nothing sticks to his brother. And he says, typical man, no Nerf darts stick to you because you sweat oil or something. Uh, so basically, he's covered in Nerf darts. His brother's actually pulling on the Nerf darts, uh, which can leave like Nerf dart hickey. And uh, he, so then, uh, let's see. She gets help. Here's a tissue. Hound goes absurdus. Then we see John, uh, John Snow. I, don't, I guess we just see John Snow, kind of reacting to all the mowing that's going on. More of the um, propane wildfire in the uh, Game of Thrones show uh, propane uh, weeding going on. Uh, let's see, starts a teeming Satharnan fallback. Uh, and if, at some point John finally realizes like all of the people from my part of the like that came through the armoire with me or from the world of the armoire. We should have never gotten involved with this other move. You know, he says, let's go back to the north. Uh, But everybody has weed fever. I guess you'd call it that, weed fever. You say, how did you, why did you weed everything? I call it weed, it's a bit like, remember when Scoots talked about getting spree fever? Uh, What's spree fever? Have you ever eaten like three sprees in a row? Uh, What's a spree? Kind of like it's a a sweet tart with a candy coating on it. Okay. And if you have too many in a row, or sweet tarts, or maybe even um, other things like that, do you ever get feverish from having those in a row? Wow, that's, uh, so this is like that with weeding. You do so much weeding, you get, uh, you fever, you act feverish at least. Oh yeah, because John says uh, fallback, flowers are getting ruined too. At some point, even the weeders are going to get uh, weeded, Yeah, which we already start to see. Aria took a little nap, uh, I think she sensed the hound was getting, you know, because of the parallel shots, uh, then we see even the bells, like, uh, some of the bells start falling on Aria, uh, then as Aria runs, she thinks, I think I'm going to replot some of the, repot some of these plants, uh, so they don't get mowed, mowed. but then as she, as she drives, she runs and drops them, uh, Cersei and Jamie uh, they realize that, like, that this is like they're in the attic. Uh, they say, "Oh, we're going to sneak out this way," and they say, "Oh, we can't sneak out." Uh, so they're ba- They sit back on their beds or whatever, and uh, they say, "Let's comfort one another because they hear the mower going and everything. You know, it's not easy. Cersei just lost, uh, every, you know, what she thought she had." and uh they say remember the good days in here we had just some good days uh we hear the song they think again and nothing they say jamie says nothing else matters so let's just be here together and comfort one another and then they get like uh proverbially per, per, proverbial i can't say proverb proverbial they get kissed by geese basically metaphorically kissed by geese uh as we hear rains, Casimir. Potted plants crying. I don't know what that means, uh, but I, I'm sure the potted plants were crying when they saw this. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, they stay forever. Potted plants crying. What else? would start with a P. I guess that is potted plants. I don't think so though. But yeah, there's another shot. Uh, after that is something uh oh Arya. Maybe she saw the plants that she dropped. Uh yeah, then aria walking through what was once a garden. Oh yeah, this is the end of the episode. So basically after Jamie and Cersei get kissed proverbially by geese, uh we see aria walking through. Like so this is a post garden scene here. No garden left, uh no flowers, no weeds, uh, no grass, you know, but there's floating things in the air. Very, uh, very cinematic. Uh, she's walking through, you could say flowers no more, Gar- you know, garden no more. Uh, and then she sees this one swan standing there waiting for her, which is strange, you know, but it's the swan is covered in like, uh, grass and clumps of mud and stuff, uh, and she gets on the back of the swan, giant swan, by the way. Sorry about that. Uh, and the swan waddles off with her on it. Maybe it's a duck. I guess it probably it was a duck. Uh, now I'm thinking about a white duck. Probably it may not a swan because she put her hands around its neck. And uh, that concludes. That that's what was the end of the movie. The credits rolled. It's uh, uh, like just faded out with Aria, or the character that to me represented Aria. So all in all, uh, it was, uh, it was like a a lot happened, I guess. And, uh, we got one more episode together. I don't know, again, what will this week holds for me? Maybe somebody will call me and say, there's a part three, uh, flowers in the attic three. Uh, you know, we, in the garden. I guess that was probably what it was called again. I, I didn't take the time to, uh there's no recording a lot. Otherwise it would have taken rec- you know, recording of some of this stuff. Uh, but thanks to everybody to let me in that screening and let me know about it so I could compare. And yeah, so that's a little bit about, uh, we got plenty more content here. We got time and pounds, We got the prayer sold. God's and the new. So uh, I'm here, uh, to keep you company. And yeah, don't worry. It'll be concluded. Uh, in a satisfactory way, just like this movie was you know, you're riding away off to dreamland, waddling off on the back of a swan, just like Aria did. Good night, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. Welcome to a not daily scheduled but surprisingly good and out of the blue. We're interrupting regular scheduled programming with some regularly scheduled programming. Here on K Pounce Radio, the radio of best friends and cats and kids everywhere. K Pounce Radio, the radio of best friendship. Uh, and now we present the adventures of the brave, of the courageous, and of the two of best friendship: uh, the adventures of Tom and Pounce in the world of Noir Chardonnay. Uh, K Pounce Radio. Ah, yes, it was this Tommen here. Sir Tommen, as I was once known, now just Tommen. One name. Uh, Here with my best friend, Sir Pounce, in my lap at this time. Behind my desk. A clock on the wall behind me. Not ticking because, again, I've, I've bought another clock to wind. But Sir Pounce is sitting here. And when we're in an office, when my phone rings, uh, now this is took a bit of explaining for me and then a bit of explaining for you because uh, a phone, uh, in your world, they try to limit my screen time when I'm Mikey, you see. I guess I would just say it's a communications device. It's a phone and it rings and someone says, uh, Nothing. I say, hello, uh, hello, and they say, is this Tom and then Pounce? And I say, specifically, this is Tom, and so Pounce is here in my lap, though. Well, what could we do you for? And they say, I think I'm looking for you, but I can't find you. And I said, oh, okay, what, what, uh, what do you, what, huh, there's something familiar in your voice. Uh. And they said, yes, there is something familiar in my voice. uh they said, "What do you call you? You know who I am. You have me at a disposed disposition. You have me. What? You, what do they? Uh, they call me Jesus. Uh, oh, Jesus! I like the sound of that. Uh, it's familiar but different. Uh, and where, where? Where should we meet? Uh, well, I'm at the down and out cafe right now. What do you say you meet me here? Well, actually, I prefer not, because." Uh, I've eaten there before, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's subpar, uh, but what I could meet you at is, uh, someplace a little grittier. There is a place where there used to be this new pastime here, uh, subpar golf. It was indoor mini-golf, putting, actually, uh, but I think that's where we should meet. It's no longer in business, uh. But Noir Chardonnay's working on a new business there, and so I have a key. So I'll meet you up back in the alley behind Subpar Golf, Uh, okay? I'll see you then. And so we went, and uh, Subpounce and I, we headed out uh, to the city. The city known by a million names, uh, but could be summarized in just one in a day. It was one of those hot, hot days in the city, hot in the summertime, humid, hazy, I'll say it, heckalacious, he- 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 uh, even, but Sabounce and I, we headed down to Subpar, we headed, uh, we actually headed in the front door, because this was a move, I said, I don't want Sabounce, I'd prefer, uh, not to go, and then we opened up, uh, and then we closed the front door and put the blinds down. So no one would say, Could we come in and play uh, mini golf? Uh, that's actually how uh, uh, Noir Chardonnay ended up purchasing it. Uh, I'd said, Oh, I would love to. What is this in here? Is this grass for me to lie on? And they said, We're no longer in business. And no, I get. And Noir Chardonnay said, Interesting. So he explained to me the whole thing. Put, putt It was uh, one what were. Uh, word to someone anyway we went in there i opened the back door and i let I, as soon as i, I was going to st- just cut to the chase but when i opened the door standing there in the doorway against the sun and sky i'm not sure if i to be honest i wasn't sure if i was looking at a man or a god uh, i was just stunned and uh overwhelmed with feelings of both uh envy and, uh, aspiration is as the person. And I said, are you Jesus? Uh, I said, Hey, who? And I said, then I said, are you Jesus? And they said, yes, I am. And I said, I hope you're comfortable with me saying you're very, uh, and they said, thank you. Uh, and I said, come on in. Welcome to Subpa. Please close the door behind you. And as they close the door and the, the, the lights in the, uh, Subpa who changed from the light from the sun from outside the person he looked a little grittier he looked a little tired but he still had that uh, of, uh, where I just said Whoa, what would life be like for this person compared to me uh, this person people probably smile when they come in and uh you know a whole thing i went on a whole tent and they said excuse me and I said, oh, okay, why don't you join Sir Pounce and me for a round of mini-golf uh, and tell me what's happening, Jesus. Uh, and they said, okay. And we started to play. In the fir- Now, this was, like, not everything was working correctly. The first one was a mailbox. You try to roll the ball. And then you make it jump, and then the, the mailbox. If you get it in, it goes down the uh, the pole holding the mailbox, and you get a hole in one. Also, the flag pops up uh, when you get it in there. It's a cool effect. Uh, it, if you miss, you just drop down to the to, to lower level where the uh, the greens are. I was explaining this uh, to to Jesus, and Jesus said, "Didn't ever play it. It wasn't a popular game, you know." mini-golf in my world, in the world of Noir Chardonnay, say. But we started to play, and above our heads the lights flickered, and the sun set. Uh, uh, dust was drifting in and out of the light, making it look like a, a precipitation almost. And it ended up just like, of course, uh, that this person made a hole-in-one on the first try. And again, I said, Well, oh, by the way, we like you can own the maximum number of shots you could take is five. Uh, and we went on to the next hole. And they said, Do you keep score? So, low, so I did good. The lower scores, the better. And I said, It's part of it is just having fun. Also, you could lie on the grass, you know, that's something too. And so, Pounce like going in and out of the different features. Uh, the next one was like a pinball game. And again, you had to get it right in the middle uh, to get a zero, uh, to get a hole in one. And I said, "This is based on another game, a pinball, where you, your ball gets bounced around. Uh, doesn't know where it's going. Uh, knows it what you like." Uh, and and uh, Jesus said, "I know how that feels." And I said, "I'm sure sh- it looks like you do." A beautiful, gleaming silver ball. Or a golden ball, you know, if you wanted to, you know, uh, and uh, it goes. I think it's silver, though, because it's more reflective. Getting bounced around, all around. Uh, but then you say, well, isn't that the point of the game? Another hole-in-one, this Jesus got. And again, I got a, I actually got a four, so I was doing better myself. Uh, then we went into one that was kind of boring, like you try to roll it over a fake river. And you could fall into the river, and then you go over like a j- j- jumping a broken bridge. I guess is what I'm saying. And if you jump a broken bridge, a covered bridge, a broken bridge into a covered bridge, you get a hole. You could get a hole in one. Which Jesus did first? And I said, "My, you're pretty good at this golfing. You kind of look like, uh, from my understanding, you you uh, may look a bit like a golfer, or well, you cut, you know." i said jesus said thanks but i just wanna i thought i was here to get some help uh and i said yeah why don't we just lie on the grass instead of playing the game over at this hole because it has a bit of a long this is the one with the longest fair green or fairway or whatever and i said also oh, this one has these mounds which are good they're hard to get up and then the ball rolls back down but they're good for holding your head up uh and so we laid or lied next to each other, Jesus and I, so patrolling around us, uh, studying Jesus. And I said, even Sir so is checking out this Jesus. And I said, why don't you tell me? He said, it's strange, you know, looking at you, you'd, you'd think, uh, I think, uh, look at how easy Jesus uh, took up a golf and you just hit all those holes in one, a natural. But then I see a look in your, you know, between your uh, forehead and your your actual eyes. uh, Something happening there in your brow that tells me you're not quite sure if you're even good at it or not. And you're not having fun at all. And you wish you were somewhere else where you don't wish you would be. And I said, is that what your forehead is doing? And Jesus said, "Uh, you tell me. And I said, it is what it is doing, uh, and I said, you know, I think, uh, like, uh, that there's, what I've heard is that, uh, that's a place people hold tension, Jesus. And I said, I've learned a technique though, and I got some golf balls and, you know, this was, this is part of my technique, you know, see, uh, of Noir shot? I said, actually, Noir Chardonnay did teach me this, uh. And I got some golf balls, and I showed uh, uh, him how to massage his forehead with the golf balls. Not as comfortable as massaging your back, uh, but I said, "Do it gently, and it will release some of that tension in there." And I said, "The red ball is particularly good, and the purple ball uh, for you, for the kind of tension you seem to be experiencing." And he said, "What kind of tension?" And I said, "You're you're in conflict. Uh, you uh." You forgot how. I said, you, you, uh, it's complex. I said, I don't even understand it myself, uh, to be honest, Jesus. Uh, I said, I, I think this is a very, all you could say is it's a very confusing situation for more than one person, though. I think is where you've turned away. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? And Jesus said, no. And I said, okay, let me explain it to you. And I said, let's walk the course. Let's get up. And we started to walk the course. And I said, let's just imagine that at every hole you get a hole in one, hole three, hole four, hole five. And here I was getting four, you know, fours and fives, maybe a three, maybe even a hole in one in the one where you're trying to make it look like you're, uh, with the the C L O W N, because that one I seem to be more focused on, and I said, let's just say you play, and then you start to think, uh, you start to think just about getting these holes in one, and maybe you, you, that uh, this helps subpar stay in business, because they say, look at that man getting all the holes in one. I want to golf where he golfs, uh, and somehow it becomes this uh, relationship, right? So you come here. You, you hit, you know, you think you're having fun, but you have to keep hitting holes in one. And he said, I'm confused. And I said, Well, it's a confusing situation. But here's the thing, Jesus. The whole time you were playing with a boy named Tommen. All that time. And he said, And I forgot. I said, I don't know if you forgot, uh, but you may have been distracted. Distraction upon distraction upon distraction, right? Because you have the situation, which we'll never speak of other than to say that ever again or even refer to it in any manner, see? And then you have the uh, feelings, The but then there's multiple layers of confusion. And then you don't know how to feel about it. Then you have the multiple distractions of feelings about the confusing things, uh, and you could even probably say to yourself occasionally, I don't even know why I'm hitting these balls in the hole. Or, you know, oh boy, I didn't realize that was... Uh, oh boy. Baby, you don't even know why you're putting... Oh, you don't even know why you're playing this game. It's not the Game of Thrones. It's another straight, much... Straight, yeah. There was a man who drank a good giant's milk. And I said to myself, what the what in the hay? So, here you find yourself, uh, with hole after hole of g- golf played successfully, and you had a boy next to you, and you never even noticed he was playing with you, watching you, and not, you know, and also your feelings, you know, don't. No offense, you can't keep them; vibrating all around you. The whole golf place, uh, you know, your handsomeness can't just mask everything to be you know to cut to the chase and then he smiled at me and threw his hair back and i forgot for a while what we were talking about because uh, i said and then i then he said hey let's go look in the mirror noticing something about you and we went and looked in the mirror and he started to show me uh he said i think your hair could be like mine and I said, no, never. And he said, let's go. Would you prefer to practice some? Because he was like, I noticed something about your golf swing, too. And I said, no, no, no. I'd like to, what, golf? No, no, no. If I could have this hair. And he said, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, that uh, you were, you know, goes uh, I, I got a. And I said, it's probably something. Beyond apology, you know uh but uh but, but, but you moving forward in this world, you know, maybe you and I could uh, maybe you could teach me about my hair in just that way when you're looking and it looks like your brain is empty, I have that feeling sometimes, but the look on my face uh, someone said once said it's ducicle, where you even i you know makes me sigh, even though. I have no business sighing. I do. So maybe you could, and he said, I'd like to teach you about those things. Let's go get your hair cut, uh, and I could teach you about flicking your hair. And maybe we could just be friends. And I said, maybe we could just be friends, uh, and we set off, uh, the two of us, uh, into the night, you know, the dark, you know, the night was hazy now with the heat and the humidity hanging over it, uh. We closed the door on that chapter, and we were oh boy, did my now i'm not I don't want to brag here, but you've never you know once I was a detective uh now i'm a deb I have great hair i I didn't realize it he just said, "Well, if you just do this, and he even showed me in a true way, he said, we have the same hair, it's just a matter of styling and of your self possession he's still giving me those lessons uh and he said, you you don't have to, he goes, you don't have to think it. You just have to know it. Uh, and then he said, maybe shake it. And I said, okay. So that's an update uh, for now. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, see you at another world of, uh, well, thank you for joining us. I'm K-Pounce Radio, radio of cats and kids and best friends everywhere. Uh, it's time for my prayers. So I got old and new and uh, newer. Uh, crone sweet sweet crone miller smith barky jester hound dog god it's a your humble servant and now more ways than one you're in some sense an employee or what do they what do you call it what do you call it when you're a ca- camper your camper sorry guys it's just so sounds so funny it really makes me sound like uh, I should have, uh, like, elastic pants, uh, like elastic waistband pants and uh, a sleeping bag, you know, holding a sleeping bag over my shoulder. Uh, I don't know why I have that image either, guys. So don't worry. You know, I, if there's a—well, that's a question, guys. So I didn't even think about this. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barkey, Jester, Hound Dog, God. Uh, is there going to be uh, uniforms at this camp? I don't think there. Usually, you get a T-shirt. crone what do you think? Are you going to have like issues on length of shorts? Because sh- shorts nowadays are oh boy, are they short? Uh, not on me. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of short people wear short shorts nowadays. crone Okay, well, uh, let me get let me get to the point because <laughs> that's you know that's not what I'm good at. But we don't have. Uh, our time together on this audio podcast is short, and on, um, unless I'm watching you on repeats, and so really formalizing our connection here through this summer camp, where I'll be a camper, one of your campers, uh, I feel like I feel like I just uh, w- like I really really feel uh, like at least uh, thirty, thirty, forty, fifty. I mean, even you know, I feel younger, Crone. And the rest of you, that wasn't just, just because it was age, it wasn't just directed at Kron. It was just, you're the top of the list. So I, I believe it or not, I haven't been thinking since the last time we spoke, God. So, you know, nor, sometimes uh, that doesn't always happen, or praying, uh, But I wanted to talk to you, so, so let's go over our goals, because uh, um, I, I don't know if we have any. Uh, don't and don't think I'm reviewing things because I don't don't have anything. So our goal is to have a summer camp uh, where yearly I would have a yearly reason to to uh, I don't know what is it what is it called uh, supplicate you know being supplicants remind me spiritual connection you're right uh, spiritual growth uh, like a, a yearly reminder that uh, all my spiritual progress. Why? I may be in a good mood today. I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, I'm infused with your spirits, gods. Jester, are you tickling me or something? Barky, is that you? But anyway, so the goal is to have a summer camp so I can stay connected to you. Because otherwise, uh... You know, it'll be just those humble reminders we call real life. And sometimes those I can say, oh, shoot, shoot, shucks with a lot more uh, sailor-like words instead of saying thank you, Crone Miller, Smith, Barky, Chester, for once again humbling me, uh, and reminding me. So summer camp is a way to do that, but fun. You know, you skin your knee and at summer camp you say, well, let's go to the canteen, but let's uh, rub some dirt in it, uh, go for a swim. Uh, come to the we don't. I guess we didn't have a uh, place for that, but we'll 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 have that. Don't worry, maiden. That's right. We don't have uh, i mean, I don't want to. Uh, it's just you, you know. I guess I don't want to put myself. Uh, but if I scrape my knee, it really like uh like I'd you know. Here's the thing, maiden. I'll work there. You scrape your knee? Believe me, I'll be there. Do you prefer uh, uh isopropyl or? Uh, uh the other stuff uh peroxide uh because i got I got my uh cotton swabs ready cotton swabs at the ready sorry, I got off topic there so oh god so, so we're gonna have a summer camp where we can connect where all the other people, you know people without a the people that also will eventually praise you once they once they catches on i mean maybe not having the most successful t v show they're one of the most successful ones, you know. Water cooler television that that I know of hasn't. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, that's sometimes why I'm a little bit confident. Is uh, well, you probably know more than me how many people are praying in, other than me. And I don't, I don't want to get smoted. But uh, I get, yeah, sorry, guys. I guess I. This is why I do need to be humbled. You're right, Crone. Anyway, guys, the original goal for this conversation, since it's our second to last one before summer camp, was to think of a commercial. Because they said, and this is just this is a brainstorming technique. We're not actually going to make a commercial for the summer camp. Because if the gods old and new are there, who would need you know who would need a commercial? Especially if you hit the right price target. Is this um because ideally we'll be going for that uh, like at the c- competitive price. Because like I said a couple of years ago. My cousins told me how much the summer camp we used to go to cost. And I looked at my daughter and I said, I love you, uh, but maybe like, uh, I just missed the mark. Uh, it was very affordable is what I'm saying. Uh, but so yeah, we wanted, and we, yeah, we want uh, people that don't have the means to get there to be able to do that. But that's not what the commercial's about. Uh, you know, that's in our mission statement that one day it'll be written around year 40 of, uh, of the summer camp. And then I was thinking about the name, but I prefer the name of the camp come up or organically. Also, I just didn't have a good, catchy name. And I didn't want to, like, I think, you know, if one thing I've learned, uh, you gods deserve good names. Uh, you know, Crone, you came, you know, you, you whoever, the first, uh, the Andals or whatever named you. And I think the rest, of you, in and the Smith, uh, probably the uh, Andals or the, you know, I don't know. First of their name said, "Hey, Smith, you know the warrior." Oh boy, that warrior! You know, hey, get your own. Hey, warrior, here's some something. Get your own summer camp. You know, uh, you know, we make moon pies at this summer camp. Not like the all the we make horseshoes. So that's what's forged at our summer camp. So that could be in the commercial. The idea of coming up with a commercial, gods, a television advertisement, is just to help us brainstorm. I don't know if you've done that technique. I don't know if I've done that technique. I should have come up with a commercial for all of you. Maybe then there'd be more people praying in other than just me. And of course, like, uh, there's probably other billions of people doing it. Just no one gets a hold of me and says, scoots that prayer. Well, Barky, no offense, to other gods, Barky, you are really popular with the listeners. Like sometimes listeners contact me in your name. Uh, crone, usually I get messages about, they, they, you know, in your defense, they say, hey, are you, and I say, no, 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 I'm praising the crone. So the other gods, you deserve all the attention. You, you don't, you deserve more, you, you know, you deserve a summer camp with the commercial. And I guess I ate up most of our time for the commercial talking, which of course you wouldn't know that was going to happen anyway, gods. But so it'd just be a summary of the summer camp like bask under the trees uh barky you know it would, it would probably do that uh uh forge your team building skills uh near forge also there's a place called old forge, which uh we may be able like uh my dad knows somebody who lives there uh but yeah for, forge forge your team building Forge uh, a strong, you know, we we'd come up with something about self-esteem, kindness. Uh, forge bonds that'll last a lifetime. And then you say the name of the camp. Uh, connect to, to nature, uh, to to trees uh, with something high in the sky, yet roots grounded deep in the earth. Arky. Uh, learn uh, to, 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 to eat well to prepare food with your community members and uh, the effort that goes in, you know, to all state, something like that, Barky. It's, I mean, uh, just, sorry, uh, Miller. Uh, this is sounding more and more like uh, there used to be a thing club med, I think it was called or something where fam like families of means would go. This isn't what we're shooting for, but something like that was uh, the Miller, uh, eat three squares a day. uh, and, uh, you, you, like, you know, mill, b- b- bail your own hay, the Miller. And, and I know Miller. Uh, you, this you, is why it's brainstorming And you know, right. I have a brainstorm, so it's hard for me to brainstorm. So, uh, the crone, uh, Krone, uh learn to respect the wisdom of your elders, uh, take lessons from your past and use them to gild, gild your future at uh, the crone. Uh, establish a vision, a vision for what you might want to be. Uh, you know, and we, if we had like four values, like there's 4-H camp, uh, Carone, Miller, Smith, Park, and Jester. I forget what the 4-H is. Uh, horticulture, horses, uh, ho- I think horses are at least two, two, like four, two or three of the 4-Hs are horses. Horticulture, Love 4-H. I'm just not a member, and I don't know what the H's are. And I, I know you could reach out to me and let me know. But uh, uh, horticulture, because like I get to meet the four kids from 4-H uh, at the New York Great New York State Fair, and I know probably horses isn't one of them, but uh, just something I associate with. What do you 4 hs horses, horticulture, building horses, and uh, uh, you know wh- wholesome fun. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I just so Crone, could you uh, keep the four H from smoting me? Just do me a favor, put up anti anti smote thing over me. Um. All apologies. I'm always incorrect. As scoots here. So um. Oh, but they have four values. I just I'm not aware of what they are. Is what I was gonna say. Health maybe is one of them. I don't know if happiness would be one. Uh 'cause Because I don't know for our camp. You know, we know. We all know. Uh, God's. You know that. Uh. uh Happiness is in the, you know, the, the sweat on the grindstone, in reality, uh, not on the nostalgia. You, you bathe yourself in when you think of in design summer camps and nostalgically look to the future in some sense and imagine you're going to, it was anyway, God. So back to the commercial. Uh, learn to perform, uh, do, you know, something, something, the performance artist within you. Clown around. and. Uh, You know, learn uh, informed practices at the same time. You know, uh, team building and, uh, you know, the jester. And then maybe for Hound Dog, sometimes life uh, can just be a real drag. Sometimes life takes a turn that's unexpected. You fall down and skin your knee. What's Scooter doing with uh, the maiden? No, no, back to the commercial. And sometimes you fall down and skin your knee. It's what's important is not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get back up. Oh my God! I think that's it, God. I really ate up a lot of time without you know talking to you and prayer, you know, just praying and you know general praise uh, and check-ins. So, but that would be the general gist of it. I think the idea. I mean, for the most part, it's like. uh, we just got to put the co-admitment for, for, for next week, last, last week together, God's on a formal basis. Uh, but thanks for, for hearing me out. Uh, it's always an honor. And, uh, I think that, but I think you get the idea, God's really, I'm trying to sell you and also a barky. Did you purchase any land or, uh, acquire it by, uh, whatever, uh, uh, eminent rights, uh, if you're a holy, like, is it your eminence, right? So your eminence rights, uh, instead of eminent domain, I mean, it's all in the domain of your eminence, uh, am I just mincing my words, Sparky? Uh, but if you actually did acquire any camps, uh, preferably one with a completed maintenance schedule and, uh, all that, uh. In you know, in some some areas, modern amenities would be nice, especially restrooms. Really, don't we don't want to skimp on that? Okay, guys, gotcha. it's just me, your humble servant. Uh, every day is a treasure. Uh, good night.